Welcome to the Sell or Die podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Gittimer. And I'm your host, Jen Gittimer. Well, in this podcast, we're going to help you attract more qualified, unbelievable, ready-to-buy clients. We're going to help you build loyal relationships. And the one thing you're hoping for, close more deals. Let's get into it. It's time to sell or die. Welcome back, Die Hard. And welcome to this edition of Sell or Die, because we have an angel of mercy today. And he is going to explain to us not only how his company works, but how it benefits you. Now, I will tell you that for the first six months I knew this guy, I mispronounced his first name. <laughs> but That's... I also found out, so does everybody, correct? Most people, most people, yeah. They can't get it right. For some reason, my parents decided to spell my name L-A-V-I-E. So like the restaurant, the JFK Airport, L-A-V-I-E. So it's like Lavi. You know, people pronounce a lavi, but right, actually right. it is pronounced lavi. Well, at least. Right. So yeah. it's like, it's not lavi like latte. It's lavi. I could take I a latte right now, but no, it's not latte. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like anything in my coffee. I just like it so, black. Lavi, welcome to the show. Yeah, We're welcome so back. glad you're here. You guys, are, you guys are awesome. I'm happy to be here, Jen. And Jeffrey, you're like the, the, the OGs of the sales world. Yeah, we're, uh, as they say in your world, we're machatunum. <laughs> we're machatunum. It's not just my world, it's your world as well. So yeah, we're definitely exactly. connected on many levels. So, you know, we got- For the- those of you who don't understand that word, it's a Yiddish word that means your rear ends touch, but you're not actually related. Yeah. That's yeah. the best way to describe it. It's like, it's like tush cousins. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Maybe explain to the audience what you do and why it's so cool. Yeah, of course. So so essentially, yeah, businesses are looking to grow. The hardest role to help grow a business is the SDR role. It's just a lot of pain around that role. It's that simple. And if anyone has gone through it, then you know, you know, it's, it's a matter of finding the right talent getting the fit, coming in under budget, getting them onboarded, not having them churn, developing out a a team of these SDRs and BDRs, sales development representatives and business development representatives. So you could do what? So you could prospect and you can qualify. Mm -hmm. Qualifying inbound warm leads that you're generating through lots and lots of great marketing efforts and you're prospecting to your ideal customer profile. Ideally, a lot of companies get that wrong and they don't prospect to their ICP, but ideally. So ultimately, there's lots of pain around that. And that's what we set out to do is to solve that problem of being able to to find and deploy not just sales development representatives, but the ones that actually fit your mold, exactly what it is that you're looking for. So So, let's back um, up. Like, how did you even get into this? So I started 13 years ago, retail, power and gas in Brooklyn, New York, a company called Empire Energy. I founded that company. Prior to that, I was in in the real estate business, like real estate management. So it was like a, a total, you know, full departure of what, what I knew and what I was doing. And I, you know, in the real estate management business, you're not selling anything. Then when it comes to retail power and gas, you're selling a lot. You're not just selling a lot. You're having to do QA. You're having to bring customer service. You're having to do retention. You're upselling. You're doing lots and lots of, you know, retail front end, frontline activities. So entering into that, not only that, to figure out how to create an ESCO, it's called an ESCO, energy supply company, but also figuring out how to like actually 
build out the front lines of the organization. So hitting my head uh, against the wall multiple times in many different states and countries in many different formats as well, right? Third-party, direct, in-house, you know, overseas, going out to Philippines, going out to the Dominican Republic, getting burnt, going through that entire experience. I, I was like, okay, uh, you know, this is not rocket science. So it shouldn't be that difficult to put these teams together and to be able to optimize them and train them and have them like actually fit what it is that we're looking for with the right experience of selling retail power and gas. I'm like, no, there isn't anything out there where you could just like click a few buttons digitally and, and tap into that other than like the Upworks of the world, right? So you have like freelancer or you have Upwork or you have Guru, but they are not geared towards sales. It's that simple. They're not geared towards SDRs and BDRs and even customer service. Like their thing has always been around content, copy developers, marketing folks. They do that very well, but there are nuances around customer engagement work, around SDR work, around sales specifically, that if you're not, if like, if you don't have your, your lens Right around SDR, around sales from a you know from a product perspective, you're not going to build out the flows and the experience for your two-sided marketplace that is conducive to what they're trying to accomplish. It's that simple. So it's basically a missing link inside of many companies that they don't know how to fill properly, and it's really the the entry level to any customer. I want to get a person who could potentially do business with me, and I need to treat them in a way where they're excited to get to the next level, not simply setting a lead. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that if you break it down, business, everything in business comes down to one thing. The way I see it is fit, F-I-T. And I think where majority of the businesses where they fail is not because of budget. It's not because they run out of runway. It's because F-I-T. It's because they don't have a fit, product market fit. They don't have based on the thing that they're building. They don't know who they're building it for. They're not learning from the people that they're building it for. And they're not messaging and marketing properly to those people. And guess what? Fit is also how you hire. You are hiring sales. You are hiring SDRs, not just because they have a pulse, but because they fit your customers. They yep. fit your product. And yep. some people don't, you know, they might know that even, they might not realize that, but they don't have many options. Because if you're hiring locally, you know, we call it the Dalaramas. <laughs> if you're hiring within, within the, you know, two, three, five, 10, 20 mile, whatever radius from your office, like how, how many options do you have? Like, yeah, sure. Maybe I could find the right person from a rate perspective, from a budget perspective, or probably not even, or, or maybe I could find a person that you know, might meet one of the qualifications, but I can't ask for more than that because I'm only relying on what's local. Can I just throw something at you? Yeah. Every, every marketing person, every sales manager misses the mark on one question. How much does it cost to acquire one lead? And that number can be frightening. And that's why a lot of people don't want to don't want to recognize it. And then I asked the second question is, how much does it cost to lose one customer or one employee? And those are questions that are at the fulcrum point of what you do. The customer has to know those costs so that you can start the conversation with them. And if they don't, that tells you where they are in their own knowledge of their own business. And if they do, that gives you, I think, one solid foot in the door if they know that. I love that. Biggest problem is around awareness. Like people don't even know what are the things that I need to be tracking. Right. 100%. And if you can help them with that, you win. So what are the things that you recommend an STR tracks? 
Well, well, for one, well, when you say the SDR track, it's about the sales manager and so, or sales director, whoever's leading the charge when it comes to building out you know, this team. Okay. So, you know, so for one, I mean, it's the general things that they want to track, but you need a fuel, you need a gas, you need that fit in order to actually move your numbers in the right way. So like, I'm not the expert when it comes to the metrics, but I could tell you some of them, right? You're like, you're engaging with, with the contacts, right? With your prospects, you want to move it to deals. You're like, What's your conversion rate to, to opportunities? That's a function of a couple of things. So that's a function of, well, am I marketing to my ICP, right? Am I marketing correctly? What kind of quality flow am I bringing in to begin with? But if we were comparing apples to apples, for instance, and then and we're like, okay, well, obviously a better, you know, talented individual, an individual that has real experience actually connecting with that type of buyer, right? They're, they're, you're marrying their trades with the buyer trades, then they'll have an increased probability of being able to like actually move deals to opportunity. And ultimately, that's what we're trying to achieve. And then, of course, a conversion rate from opportunity to close one. So it's all a matter of like moving deals, you know, from qualifying, from prospecting into opportunities and and into close one. So diehard, we're getting somebody here who understands how to acquire that customer, that potential customer, and then get them to cross the threshold into the next element or the next phase of the sale. And most people have no idea what the value of that is. And I can give you a couple of examples from my own experience. The other day I was in our Barnes and Noble in Charlotte and I said, how much does it cost every time a customer walks in the door? And he looked at me like I was from Mars. Like, why am I supposed to know that? Well, you know that. So when your sales guy on the floor pays you no never mind and doesn't have any concept of why you're there because they're busy stacking shelf books on a shelf, that's an idiot's response. Because that guy, if he walked in with $100 falling out of his pocket, because that's how much it costs, you treat that guy hell. Oh, sir, you dropped your 100 bucks. No, I didn't. It cost me 100 bucks to get here. No, it's so interesting you're saying this. And I love what you're saying because that's that's exactly correct. And I've dealt with business leaders and sales managers and sales directors that don't think in that way. And they think, you know, let me get... You know, the cheapest talent, right? Uh, not focusing on quality, but they're willing to pay thousands and tens of thousands of dollars around their marketing, millions, hundreds of thousands around the marketing efforts and around bringing in high quality leads or around the product, right? They're, they're investing heavily in the product, heavily in marketing, all to do what? To convert, to grow revenue. But there's that conversion point that I'm not willing to invest in. That's correct, which is the biggest mistake And I'll give you a classic example of it. Marriott spends millions of dollars a day in branding and advertising. And a guy shows up at the hotel, talks to a clerk making $14 an hour. And the clerk says, checking in. I said, no, pal, I'm here for my hair transplant. What do you think I'm doing? Like, why is that the way to greet the guy I've spent a million dollars trying to bring in the door? No, Mr. Gittimer, we've been expecting you. Here's your cup of coffee go over to our Starbucks place and have a free cup. You're going to have the best day you've ever had here. Oh, I am? Cool. Or they could say checking in. Now, it's the same when you're trying to build a lead for somebody. There's an expectation. And that expectation is either met or or lost in the initial conversation that you have with the guy. Yeah. And uh, I salespeople all the time will go into a prospect and go, well, who are you using right now? Huh? Well, how are they treating you? Uh-huh. Uh, do you have a... A contract with them? Uh Uh-huh. Well, do you think I could bid on that when it was over? Because I think we could save you some money. And that's their pitch because they're idiots. And when the wrong pitch is made, and let me just explain something. Levy 
understands how to make the pitch. And he's being nice about it and being demure about it. But the bottom line is he understands the nuance of qualifying somebody for your business. It's the fit. And if they don't fit, they don't belong. And if they do fit, Let's get him in the door. That's the deal. And I love fit, by the way. I think it's a, the perfect one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it, you know, it's not just business. It's everything. You marry the yeah. wrong girl, you know, yep. you're, you're pretty screwed there. Um, I have experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you get in the wrong car. The, 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 the brakes are broken. All right. The brakes don't work. That's a, that's a problem. So, I mean, everything in life is fit. It really is. Jen, you're muted. Okay. So Levy, there's, you know, this new or not new, but newer concept of work from home. And I, I think that's changed the way this game is played. Mm-hmm. And to many employers, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because now we don't have the overhead costs, but we also have a harder time training and holding accountable and seeing what they're doing. So how do you work around that? Like, what does that look like in your world? And do you have a preference? Like, do you think it's a better fit if they're working in an office or remote or what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. Great, great question. So it's interesting because I, I speak about this a lot. Uh, and my, my feeling is that the, you know, manager leadership level uh, needs to be more collaborative and needs uh, should be under one roof if possible. And I agree with that, by the way. Yeah. And then on a contributor level, remote just makes the most amount of the most sense, especially when it comes to customer engagement work. And I'll explain to you what I mean by that, because uh, you know, two out of three things you mentioned is about accountability. So ultimately, it's about accountability, and you know, the more your workday is done digitally, the more accountability you can ultimately have. Um, and the more responsibility you have to take for your own productivity. Wait, that's yeah. really an interesting point. Because yeah. people think if you're in an office, you can be held more accountable. And what you're saying is the more remote you are, the more accountability we can hold on over you. Well, something a little different. So there are certain roles. Think about this for a second. There are certain roles, like maybe an HR role, maybe a finance role, maybe even like a marketing designer type role. A lot of it is not done through this, right? A lot of it is not done through Zooms, through HubSpot, through Slack, through through digital means. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not it's not being captured digitally is what I'm getting at. And then there are other roles like customer engagement, even customer service, but focused on sales, right? Especially on SDR, BDR work where it's like, you know, we got a pound of payment. We got to get to these leads as soon as they could converting. So that way we could, you know, qualify them and move, move into opportunities. That's, you know, done all digitally and that could all be captured. And that's what Overpass is right now working towards. So it's a matter of, Putting the, the marketplace together, of course, it's it's phenomenal. The fact that you could, you know, get uh, onboard SDRs, BDRs at 35, 40% under budget and still have them to be double as as talented as you, you would be able to find someone locally. And but, try harder. But that's and not try harder because they're measured by their successes. Not just that. They're appreciative. I just got off the, the phone with the talent, uh, with, with the contractor. We actually, I'm actually interviewing her to, to be one of our our SDRs because you know we eat our own dog food and we have over 20 SDRs right now from the marketplace that work directly for us that, that work to onboard clients. And it, it blew me away to see how much she appreciated what we're doing. She asked me if I if I have a Wikipedia page. I'm like, why would I need that? She's like, you're changing the world. I swear to God, this just happened. I'll send you the recording. Wow. How cool is that? Yeah. This just happened like five minutes before I jumped onto this. And she's like, 
you don't understand. You changed my life. And, and she's like, I'm like, why do you want to do that? Why do you want this role? She's like, because I want to be part of that. I want to help change other people's lives. So I'm like, that, that, that's amazing. But what I'm getting, but my point before, well, my point before though. You have to feel you so good, Sandra. I said, you have to feel great when that happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. And, you know, you, you, you bust your butt every day and, you know, you're, you're really trying to put something together. You're trying to actually make a big impact. And, and I, I wasn't even trying to pull it out of her. She was just like, you could right. see it on her face. She was so ecstatic. She couldn't stop smiling. So That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. How many of the people that work in your recruitment world are work remote? How many of the people that work for us work remote? Yeah. Yeah. So we have, uh, I work out of the Brooklyn office. We have nine people in our office here and we, and then everybody else works remote. Wow. And we have over 80 people in the company today. Wow. So you don't really care where they live as long as they have solid internet connection. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We have, like I said, over 20 SDRs. And then we, we happen to be that, you know, over time, we actually have two of our sales managers that we got from our marketplace too, because, you know, they came on as an, as a, as an account executive initially, and then they were that great. And very quickly, they, they moved up to, to management. So, you know, one uh, one person lives in Mexico, actually both of them now live in Mexico. And, a lot, you know, you find a lot of expats that move out to Mexico that are, you know, cost of living there is what, 30 cents on the dollar, right? <laughs> Mexico. So I'm living out in yeah. Mexico. I have all this like 15, 20, 25 years of experience jumping on overpass, like fantastic. Wow. And what's great is that, you know, they, they create their own hours too. So you have some of these clients that aren't looking to hire. Imagine this, imagine a client, let's assume you can find someone local without mm-hmm. a problem, we made all the qualifications, even the rate, you're going to be paying the same thing, but I don't necessarily want someone to come in for 40 hours. I want someone to come, uh, to work maybe 20 hours. Maybe it's a new project I, I'm, I'm testing out. So I launched this new, I launched this new uh, project and no one's coming in for 20 hours, especially if they're 40 minutes away, but jump on for 20 hours. That, that's like, that's perfect for, for a lot of these contractors because they're able to like create their own hours from wherever they are in the world. Not only that, but people don't understand if you're on the phone all day long, you need breaks. Yeah, exactly. Mental breaks, not just physical breaks. So how can an SDR differentiate themselves online? And if they're searching for a job or they want to get hired, like how do they stand out? Perfect. So uh, in a few ways. So the, the first way is what you specialize in. And what you specialize in is based on your actual experience. It's not just because I want to do something. Wanting is, is important. Having that desire is important because if you don't have the desire, you don't have that will, especially in the SDR, BDR role. That's like so, so, so important. And we're, we're actually going to be launching uh, in two months from now, uh, we're going to be launching an eval on, on will prior to even getting onboarded. And, that, and that's going to be reflected in the contractor's profile and showcasing the contractor's profile to the client. So around emotional IQ, around will, that's all data that a client's going to be able to see even before they interview that SDR without even having to pay a dollar to, to overpass, right? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's really great. cool. So, so that's, that, that shows your belief in yourself. Yeah, that's really neat. So, you know, we're not, we don't require any, you know, upfront, upfront money in that way. They come on, they get onto the platform. They even speak with our account, our, our growth consultants to like guide them through the process. Because a lot of these clients, to be honest with you, they need a little bit of guidance. And that was one that's of the being very kind. <laughs> being very kind. Because a lot of them, if you ask them what it costs to get a customer, they might be able to tell you, but to lose one, they have no idea. And I, I can give you a clue, Diehard, if you're looking, 
you lose a customer, it's going to cost you 10 times their annual ability to buy from you. If you lose a salesperson, if you lose any kind of BDR, SDR, it's going to cost you their pipeline, who they take with them when they leave, because they're going to do the same damn thing when they go someplace else and morale. Totally. And when you, because you were vulnerable to lose them, you didn't lead them properly, not manage them. You didn't lead them properly. I can give you a classic example the hotel business has the largest turnover of any industry in the world. They'll turn over between 40 and 100% of their staff in a year. So a general manager walks into their monthly welcome meeting, their ramp up meeting, whatever onboarding meeting, whatever buzzword you want to use for it. <laughs> and they go, oh, we've been here for 50 years and we're very proud of our company and we're going to, everyone's going to smile and Make sure you welcome everybody and tell them how happy you are about the and go on for 20 minutes. Are there any questions so far? The guy raises his hand in the back. Can I get my paycheck on Thursday because my kid's in daycare and I need a... He didn't listen to one freaking word this guy said. No. If the general manager was smart, he would have walked in and say, all right, everybody, get out a pencil. This is how you get paid. Paid? I, I need a pen. Does anybody have a pen? If he would have started out with them, they would have won. But they start out with me and they lost. And that's the example that needs to be set now in the world because the world has changed forever. These last couple of years have changed the sales world to virtual and video as a, the acceptable main. And it's changed forever because we, we're talking right now virtually. Yep. Yeah. Every time we've talked so far has been virtual. Yeah. But the point is, we're comfortable doing this. We've made friends virtually. Yep. Yeah, I want to get back to the SDR piece. So did you have more more criteria for how to stand out? Yeah, so okay. the, the first thing is industry experience. What, what do you specialize in? Because if you come in with that experience already, that's number one. So the, the way, just like, just like a company is positioned, Right, a company's position. Why? Because you're in a category. And when, when a customer is thinking about you or sees your brand, within a split second, they have to know what category you fit into. And that's why you need to be positioned and you need to be branded in that way. Same thing with our with the SDR contractors in the marketplace. They're all positioned, not just as another SDR contractor with X-ray, with X accent and language and you know, so on and so forth, but it's a, it's positioned within a specific industry, within a specific space, and they specialize in that industry. And it's not just because we want to position them, it's because that's meaningful to the client when it comes to onboarding, when it comes to training, when it comes to actually making an impact with their with their customer base. Think about if an SDR already has all that experience speaking yeah. to your, your ICP, they already know how to speak the lingo. They already have understand the, the, the product, they have the product knowledge. Right. These are huge things. So, so that's that's step number one. Number two is like what I said before. Will is super important. Emotional IQ. Will is super important when it comes to SDR BDR work. So they're taking those assessments as of October. They'll be taking those assessments, and that's going to be showcased in the profile. So that's also how you're going to be standing out. And then where, where the company is heading back to what you were saying earlier around accountability is around work ethic score. So there's the pre and there's the post. Right? There's coming onto the platform, becoming live in the marketplace and taking that emotional IQ assessment. So going into a job, you know, you get an understanding of what this person is about and if they have the will. But then there's the post. Now that I actually am working and I have a client that I'm working for, I'm now building up data on my profile around my work ethic. So the next client that, that will hire this, this SDR wow. understands not just in terms of where they're holding from an assessment perspective, but from an actual experience perspective. 
And so is that showing like how many hours they worked or how many deals they called on and how many they closed? Like what kind of data does that provide? Yeah, great, great question. So none of that. So you have plenty of tools for all that. You don't need you don't need overpass for that, right? You have Gong, you have Chorus, you have HubSpot, you have uh, lots of tools where you can know what, what it is that they're well, saying. You, can coach you them. have those tools, sorry to cut you off, but you have those tools once they're hired. Right. You don't have the pre-existing data on someone from where they worked prior. Right. No, no, no. You're 100% right on that. But but even so, it's it's still from a, uh, from a qualitative uh, perspective, right? From a quality perspective. So so if I want to coach, you know, a... a uh, you know, SDR, I know how to coach them. If I want to know how well they're doing in terms of their quota, what are their conversion numbers looking like? Yeah, there's there's lots of tools around that. You're right. In terms of showcasing their profile, you're 100% right. You don't have that from a qualitative perspective, from a quality perspective. And that's awesome. And I totally agree with you on that. But what I'm more referring to here is from a quantity perspective, work ethic. Are you putting in the effort? Do you, have a scale? Do you have a scale like a there's 78 work ethic. There's 69 work ethic. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's scaling. It's scaling. So so this is this is not live today, but this is what we're working on today, and this is something that's. You need to have a work ethic on. factor. Like he's a 72 percent work ethic, and we found exactly people that are 65 percent and higher will stay on the job longer. Exactly. So a correlation to the to the rating. Not simply the rating. Oh, 100%. 100%. Because cool. as a human, I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, very nice. 65. What the hell does that mean? Right. right. Exactly. You know what I'm like, now like, what? Now what? <laughs> what <laughs> how is that informing my decision right now? The three am I of clicking us, the button or am I clicking that button? What button am I clicking? Yeah. At? The three of us have a 100. <laughs> We're the, we are the measured scale. I'm, I'm up at 530 in the morning and I'm I'm working. And I think that there's something to be said for that, for what are the results? What can I point to that said, I, I accomplished this because I did this. So I would want to find out from that person whose work ethic I'm measuring is what have their achievements been? What have their outcomes been? And that's, that's everything. But, you know, I'll go back to my, one of my friends is worked for Microsoft. He's employee number 77. And for one year, he was in charge of HR. And their criteria for hiring everybody was the smart, self-starting, past history. That's it. He said, if you go to the campus, you'll find 10,000 people, self-starting, past history of success. I want happy. I want smart, happy, past history of success and self-starting. I want those criteria in there. And that will determine work ethic. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Jeffrey. And I, I think that that is key. It's hard to assess ahead of time if they're happy. Am I frozen? You can kind of, it's hard to assess ahead of time if they're happy, but you can kind of pick that up on the interview as best they, you can. Tell me about your last job. My boss didn't understand. That guy's not happy. No. That guy, he's not our candidate. Because the first thing's going to happen is he's going to piss everybody else off. But if, if I say, tell me about your last job. And the other guy says, I wasn't really a perfect fit for this company. And I'm looking for someone that will recognize my talent and take advantage of it. That's my guy. That is my guy. Yep. And lady, the fit aspect of what you do is brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant. Because if there's no fit, there's no future. I like there that. may be a temporary thing, but there's, there's no future. No fit, there's no future. That's great. Yeah, that's really good, Jeffrey. Thank you, honey. We got to put that up somewhere. Okay. <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your next T-shirt, Jeffrey. Maybe I got it from 
Grown up in Philadelphia, New York. No ticket, no shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly correct. Yeah, it's like, you know what's interesting, though? People are in such a hurry to go nowhere. Yeah. And, and, and that's the issue. It's just like, and, and that's the difference between an inexperienced leader and an experienced leader. If you see some of these young guys, they just want to be running. They just want to be like moving. I don't really care if I'm moving in the right direction or, you know, I just want, as long as I'm moving. And, and that's the idea. Like, if you want fit, it requires precision. It requires thought. Requires dedication and focus. Dedication and yeah. focus. Yeah. And imagine being able to have the fit without needing to require all that, with being able to just run. And that, that's literally what we do, right? So it's like taking the world's talent, indexing it in a way where you could click, 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 filter it down, and then actually get that fit and still be able to run a million miles an hour. Because ultimately, that's what you want to do to hit your next round of funding. That's what you have to do because that's what the VCs that's expect. True. Yeah. That's true. But I want a person to define for me what it is that they're hoping to achieve here. Because if they want to make a lot of money, that's not my guy. If they want to help customers succeed, that's my guy. And so I'm looking at that from the perspective of what's what's going to happen and what's the outcome going to be of this whole process. Yeah. How do you evaluate that just through qualitative? You have to ask questions. Ask questions. Give you, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And that one thing I think that's missing from this picture in general is education. Education, yes, sure, on the SDR side, on the, on the contributor level, but on the leader level as well, on the manager level. Managers, call them sales managers, sales directors, you know, if they're going to be in that role, you know, you have some businesses that just don't have leadership in sales. And you have to, like, if you want to grow your company, you have to figure out how to bring in a strong leader in, in sales, sure. But if you, right, want right. To be, if you want to be in that role, you have to be able to learn from, from the best, like Jeffrey. Now, like, uh, that's just the truth. Like, you're not going to figure this out on your own. Correct. You don't want to go through trial and error. And you're not the first person to try it on your own. It's been done before. It's exactly. a matter of exposing yourself to the right people in the right circumstance. But I will tell you, a great question to ask a sales leader is, when you made your transition from salesperson to sales leadership, which is what normally happens, how much training did the company give you in management and leadership? And I'm, I'm willing to bet you it's somewhere around zero. Mm -hmm. For me, I had to get books. I had to like do my own research. This is before the internet was like that big of a thing. So finding things took a really long time. And I signed myself up for classes because I had no idea. I mean, just because you're good at sales doesn't mean you're good at sales management. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because you find a lot of the, a lot of these contributors that move to leadership that have no idea what it is that they're doing. Right. And they'll come up with something jackassy like, I don't need my people to like me. I just need them to respect me. Like, dude, you're never going to be respected if you're not liked, period. So let's, let's start out with that. If you're not likable, now would be a great job, great place to get a job as like a Walmart greeter so you could learn how to do it. Yeah, I definitely uh, would agree. So the question is, you know, for sales leaders that need to up their game to, to grow their, you know, their revenue, grow the customer base, you know, what, what are the, what would you say are the top three things, let's say a sales leader could really could learn to, to uh, you know, execute what it is that they're doing on a daily basis in a much better way? Collaborate rather than order, you know, go with that sales guy. Don't tell him what to do do it with them. The second thing they need to do is be better than the salesperson so they can make a sale in front of the sales guy that Love can't that. close a sale. And the third thing, and I think this is the most important, is be accessible. Don't be doing paperwork. Don't be filling out forms. Don't be, I got this report to do. No, you know what? 
at your funeral, they're not going to say, well, you sure did those reports well. You know, I mean, that's it's not a criteria for success. Yeah, it's interesting because I sat down uh, last week. You know, I, I run a, a solar company called Empower Solar as well. And uh, I was sitting down with the director and uh, he was telling me about, you know, breaking out all the different tasks that the, the solar manager does. And I'm looking at it. And 90% of it is ops work. 90% of it is administrative work. I'm like, crazy thought here. What if we hire an admin? (laughs) What if we hire an admin, frees up all his time, and he could be out with the guys coaching them on a sale? Crazy idea that a a sales leader actually coaches their guys. And, 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 and that's the distinction, right? Like they're called sales manager oftentimes, but really what they're there to do is to coach. Exactly. It should be 90-10. It should be right. 90% coaching, 10% admin or ops. Yeah. And it ends up being the other way around. And, and, and we just got on to uh, Zoom Info. I, I'm sure you know Zoom Info and they, they bought our chorus. So, you know, we, we, well, we went all in. We went in with the, the full package, right? Zoom Info chorus package. And it's great because, uh, you know, the, the general excuse of why they don't coach their, their people is because it's too tedious. It's like, I need to do all this administrative ops work to get to the data, right? To get to the, the insights of what I'm going to coach them on. Wouldn't it be cool if somebody just handed you a piece of paper and said, here's the data? Exactly. So, so we did, we're doing two things actually. One is we got the chorus tool, which is going to give you those insights, but that's not enough. Next thing we did is we got a sales QA role now. Now we have a sales ops role already, but a sales QA role, which covers five main items around the salesperson's workday. Uh, and that's around qualitative messaging. You know, it's around social engagement. You know, it, it, and, it, and it's around um, you know just the actual discovery calls themselves. And pinpointing any any issues that come up around those, so the the sales the sales manager doesn't have to go in and figure all that stuff out himself and pull all that data. The sales QA person goes into each salesperson, pulls all that data, creates a report card, passes it off to the sales manager for his one on one with the sales rep. Diard, if you're listening, you do not want to do one ounce of paperwork other than maybe writing up an order. And then as you're writing up the order, you're figuring out your commission, which is what all salespeople do. I just sold 10,000. My commission's 88%. I just made $800. Okay, great. But your job is to be in front of people that can say yes to you. Exactly. Your main job. There's nothing more important than that. And once, you know, Levy understands that intuitively, that's why he's not a paperwork guy. Yeah, no, it's it's so so important, and people miss the boat. And I think for some reason, sales managers just gravitate towards admin work. It's weird. It's like a weird concept. It's used as a crutch for not being able to go out and make a sale. Yeah, I, I yeah. promise you, I've seen it thousands of times. Yeah. I agree with that. So Levy, where can people get more information about Overpass? What do you want them to do next? Absolutely. So uh, you could check me out on LinkedIn. Uh, Lately, I've been pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, We also have a show called Evolved Sales Live on LinkedIn as well. We air uh, every Friday for ESL at 4 p.m. And then, of course, check out our website, overpass.com. You can go through a free registration flow, take you directly into the platform. Like I said before, you could create a job post. You could connect with one of our growth consultants. They could guide you. You could check out all the awesome uh, contractors, SDRs and BDRs that we have within the marketplace. You could interview them all free of charge until the point of, of course, onboarding them. And then we 
work with you for everything after that point as well. So check out check us out, overpass.com and check me out on LinkedIn. Uh, feel free to, to message me, even if it's not around overpass, if you want any um you know, ideas or you have any questions, uh, I would love to just connect with you all. And it'll be great. Yeah. Awesome. And if they're a BDR or SDR listening to this and they might want to sign up for a sales role on Overpass, they can do that as well right there. Yep, exactly. So uh, they could sign up as well. It doesn't cost them anything. Uh, it's right, right directly overpass.com. There's a little uh, link right on top, top right. Become a contractor on Overpass Marketplace. Very cool. Diehard, if you're on the highway to success, Overpass will not allow you to make a wrong turn. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jen Gittimer. Thank you so Jeffrey much. Jeffrey Gittimer. And Lady, you want to say goodbye? Yeah. We'll put, we'll put all of his uh, contact stuff in the chat so you'll be able to get him as well if you didn't have time to get it down. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to like share yeah share with both your friends and subscribe to the podcast and remember we have a free 22-day sales challenge just go to gitmer.com slash sales challenge to start you on your way